to the book of Ephesians, chapter so good, to brother, brother, sister Lawson, are able to be here today. Such a blessing to us in their church. Always enjoy brother Lawson's uh, testimonies and such faith and believing God's going to move and touch and and determination to make it. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 12. If you're there, say amen. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Everybody say, in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. Depth, length, and height. Verse, I'm going to go ahead and read verse number 19. And to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I want to teach for a few moments here tonight on giving God access giving God access lay your Bibles down raise your hands to the Lord let's pray God in the name of Jesus I thank you God for what you're doing here in this place God I pray God that you do not my lips of clay that I may speak as the oracles of God help me Lord Jesus to do Lord God what you would have me to do in Jesus name in Jesus name amen in Jesus let's clap our hands to the Lord You all can be seated in the name of the Lord. We all in our lives have places that we only allow certain people. All the way uh, from childhood, we have our own space, our own place in which we don't let anyone else go. Lots of siblings have rooms and they but do not disturb or do not enter signs. Has anybody ever had kids that said do not enter? If you know, uh, my girls used to have you know signs. That if you're a boy, don't no no boys allowed. No boys allowed in this room. They didn't have access in there. You know, if if it was the, if it was the cousins or the boys or whatever, if they was no boys allowed in this room because we're doing some we're talking about some girl stuff, and all the way through. And I, I remember. <clears throat> Those times, you know, when 
in, in, my, in my life growing up that I had my space. And not, not the social media place that, you know, that used to be before Facebook came. But not, not my space, but I used to have my space. And it was where I wanted to go to get away from my brother Dave. And get away from all of the, the craziness, right? And you didn't have access. Uh, but I, I remember the times that, uh, uh, that I, I went to my, my place, my space in my room. And the space that certain individuals were not allowed, they didn't have access to. And, and, and that certain individual is over there. His name is Brother uh, David. David Wayne, Wayne Roy, whatever you want to call him, shut the door, keep out the devil, shut the door, keep the devil in the night, shut the door, keep out the devil, everything's going to be all right. I'm sorry, I had to throw that kid's song in there, amen. <laughs> but you know what, I shut the door, and I tell you, Dave came in there like a speeding bullet, madder than a wet hen. And I tell you, he came in there all mad, and he grabbed, he started beating that door. He started getting in there until he got in there. And I was sitting there like, you know, trying to get that door, keep the door shut. And he's getting in there, and he, he said, hey, you ain't supposed to be in here. You're not allowed in here. And he, and he and I said, you get away, get away. And he said, I'm going to get in there. If I get in there, I get my hands on you, I'm going to. I ain't going to tell you all that, but anyways, he, he said he got to get in there. Oh, and he had to get into that room until the door was beat and the door was, was tore so bad that to this day, there's no more door. Mom said she wasn't going to replace it because certain individuals tore it down. So I never had no door in my room because, you know, thank you, brother. So there it was. It was as access. And I, I said all that, that to say there's some places that you don't allow access to. There's certain places in your own life that you don't, you don't want people to come. You, you know, if it's your space or your time, you don't want anybody there. And you have, only certain people or certain individuals are allowed in that room or in that space that you can go to. Now, in, in your in, in life, you know, it's almost like we're trained uh, to protect the most vulnerable, vulnerable parts in our lives. And, and, and even in our inner man, our hearts, we, are, we have the, the uh, mindset that we need to protect the things that are vulnerable to us. The things that need to be guarded and so often uh, you, you can treat your heart like I treated my little 10 by 10 room. It was little. It was comfy. It was mine. And I love my door. It was that space where you knew you could go and you could feel like nobody was able to be around and you could just you could just pray, you could just get close to the Lord. It was a vulnerable space to where many times you could do that. Even in your own home, you it's your vulnerable space. You know, you 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 dress in ways at home, you don't dress out and and you know if somebody comes in to be like, Hey, you ain't supposed to be in here. I'm in my PJs. Or maybe less. You know, 
don't come in. You don't have access. Brother Dwayne says, Orlando's the only one allowed to see this. So, you know, I don't have access to that. You know, I, I thank God I don't. But you know what I mean. But now just think about that in a, in, a, in, a, in a way to your own heart. There's things inside of your heart that places you don't want to allow somebody in to see because that's the very spot, that's the very place that you want to protect. It's very vulnerable in your mind. Now we can all agree that there's parts in our lives where we want to keep people out. Right? Stay out. Keep out. After 9 o'clock, enter at your own risk. Be careful. You know, don't come in here. You know, it's just like when you shut the bathroom door. Yeah, stay out. You know, you didn't lock the door. It doesn't matter. If it's shut, there's some stuff going on here you don't need to be a part of. And you might, it might take your breath away more ways than one. I'm talking to you about places you don't want. Now, even even your own heart, there's access. There's things that no one else knows about you, but maybe just a few friends. Has anybody got that? There's only a few people that knows. You know, you you got your secret. You got yourself. You know, you know, uh, uh, so many people. Um, or like a closed book. You know, we don't want people to look at us any differently because of our secrets, of our struggles, and our weaknesses, and our shortcomings. Is anybody just like, you know, it's common, you know, so how you doing, sister? Oh, I'm good. Oh, I'm all right. And you know, you know, they really just shut the door in your face and say, none of your business, you know, get out of here. I ain't going to tell you what I'm doing through. They let you out. They let you, they let you uh, just like pretty much say, you're not allowed to find out all that's going on in my spirit, in my mind. I'm struggling. So many people in here are struggling with things, and they have weaknesses, and they have shortcomings that nobody else knows. Has anybody got that? They don't want to talk about it. They, want, they don't want anything to happen to where it would get out because they don't want people to, be, to treat anybody different. So often we, we, we close ourselves up even to letting God in those places. So it's one thing to not let Dave know that my weakness is bean-ups. It's one thing that, that not let him know that. But it, what if I want to keep God from knowing about what's going on? I love the inside jokes. And y'all can get, y'all are invited in maybe later on. But you know what? But you know it's one thing to, to keep, you know, your weaknesses, your situations from someone outside. But so often, it's 
a secret to God. You know, I see, I'm talking, you know, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying that more, there's more weaknesses than, than addiction to coffee beans or whatever. You know, I'm talking about a spiritual struggles and sins and things that you could be embarrassed about. But God des- desires to be in there, in the inner part, in the inside of you. He desires to be in the inner man, that he may strengthen the spirit of the inner man. He wants to be inside of you. He wants to have access uh, to you. God, he desires to be have access into your heart and your mind to, to strengthen you and that, to help you get through that struggle. But in order for God to do that, you must first be able to give God access to that, to that spot in your heart and, and access to the brokenness. So often people leave church the same as they came because they shut God off. Have you ever have you ever done it yourself? You know, the Lord moving. You know, pastors up here. You know, you know he's a shouting, he's a dancing, he's a and he was like, well, you know, you out of time, pastor. You know, it's two o'clock and <laughs> and I've I got to get home and I got put me a cup, pot of coffee and I got to get down to the restaurant or whatever. You know, you got to do. You got to list. You know, and you just go ahead and shut it off. Or maybe God is dealing with your heart and you and you put up a, a block. Has anybody ever done that? God dealing with you and you know God wants you to just surrender it off to you, to, to Him. and But you block it? You deny Him access. Access denied. One thing different about God and Brother Dave is God is a gentleman. And Brother Dave ain't. I'm teasing with Brother Dave. He's grown out of that, maybe. We just don't live together anymore. I'm just kidding. We had an interesting childhood. And that's what made me tough. Tougher than him. I'm just kidding. But you know what? God will not force himself on any individual in this place. God is a gentleman. He, he will only come to the places where you give him access. He's not going to touch you in ways you don't want to be touched. He's not going to give you things you don't want. You know, if you don't want it, he ain't going to give it to you. He ain't going to force himself. Paul prayed for the, for the Ephesians. For the church at Ephesus, that they would give their self completely over to the Lord, and that God would inside of each other of, of, of you, the the inside mean. If you read that in NLT verse number fourteen through eighteen, in NLT says, uh, "When I think of all this, I I, I fall I fell to my knees and pray to." The Father. This was Paul. When he thought about all the things that was going on, he he fell to, he fell to his knees. 
Verse 14 in the King James, it says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, T says, when I think of this, all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from, the, from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Imagine that. He would empower you with inner strength. Strength on the inside. Strength that's not strength of your own muscles and ability, but just the strength on the inside. Have you ever felt the strength on the inside? A lot of times you can preach about that. You know, uh, you know, I was about, uh, you know what? I was about ready to give up, and I was about ready to walk away, but something swelled up inside of me and gave me the strength. To, and I said, "Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world." And God gives you the strength to raise to it. I tell you what, that's the strength that God wants to give the inward man that you could do the things that God would have you to do. Verse 17 in, in, in the New Living Translation says, Then Christ will make His home in your heart as you trust Him. Your roots will be grown down to God's love and, and keep you strong. He wants to come and live in those places. He wants to come and Live in that weakness, in that struggle. And he wants to strengthen that. Verse 18, the NLT says it like this in chapter 3 of Ephesians. It says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, how deep. Is his love. People say, well, how, how can I give God access? So I want to do. You ever somebody say, well, I want to give God access. I want to let God in. I want to let God change my life. I want to let God take me to the next level. I want God to do that. But how can I give him access to my mind and to my heart when I've kept it so long from everybody else? How can I trust God? How can I trust the pastor or, or, or someone you would come to and you would express your things in confidence knowing that nobody else would, talk, would, would hear anything else? It would just be a, a conversation just between you and them and God. How, how could you trust somebody like that when you've not trusted anybody before? How can you trust that that the pastor ain't going to run and tell your news to everybody else. I ain't telling nobody. I don't trust nobody. I ain't going around nobody. And there ain't, no, ain't nobody going to hear what's going, what, what the real deal is that's going on in my mind. But in order for you to do this, you have to be able to pray. First thing you do when you give God access is pray. Paul's prayer models for us to pray for others and for ourselves. Paul said, I pray for you. I fall to my knees and I, I bow my knees and I pray to God that you would grant 
him access and that you would allow him allow him into your life and into your heart to do the things that needs to be done. I pray that that would happen. So when you pray for, for yourself, it's very significant to pray. It was well, significant for, for Paul and Silas to pray and to sing praises to God to get out of the prison cell. It was significant for them to be able to pray and to, to be able to go closer to God. And, and when he was in prison, you know, he, he prayed. He, but it does not mention a deliverance many times. But he still prayed. Sometimes God don't bring you out of the surroundings. But he gives you peace. Uh, I remember that old song we used to sing. Uh, it says, sometimes he calms the storms. And other times he calms the child. That's how you get the inner peace. The inner strength. When all your life is falling apart. But you have, got, you have allowed God access to the inner parts of your mind your heart. And God moved and touched your life. Prayer works when you finally give it all over to the Lord in prayer and ask Him boldly, boldly, in whom we have boldness to access with confidence by the faith in Him. Boldly ask God. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain Mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Boldness to access the things of God by giving God access to the things that you have. Unless you give God what you've got, He can't do nothing with it. If Dave had a, had a had something broke, and and he was pouting back there, I knew something was bothering him. I said, Dave, what's up? No, it's okay. It's all right. Never mind. I don't want to bother you. You know, don't don't worry about it. But then, I mean, I come on. All right. You know, let me. I mean, I want to help you. What's what's going on? And and he's like, mm, my Twinkie holder's broke, or whatever it might be. My Twinkie holder's broke and won't hold my Twinkies. And I said, well, here, let me, let me have that. And he said, you ain't touching my Twinkie holder. I can't fix it until you give it to me. And you ever said that to your kids? Let me have it. No, it's mine. I, I don't want to fix it. No, you can't fix it. Let me have it. No. And then finally you had to, you know, you know, say, come on, give it to me. And then finally they give it to you and you fix it, give it back. And they're like, well, thank you, Daddy. Thank you. Well, I could have fixed it a lot sooner if you had gave it to me. God could fix your problems a lot sooner if you give it to Him. If you give Him access to fix your life and your brokenness and your heart and the things that you're dealing with, God can fix it. And I, I, hope, you, I hope you understand I'm just joking about the Twinkie holder, but that, I thought that was a pretty neat invention. If you come up with that... By, by our Christmas banquet, I may give you access to about $5 bill. Um, 
But I don't know if you got can come up with a Twinkie holder between now and then. But, uh, you know, Brother Robbie might be able to make it out of, you know, popsicle sticks or something. Who knows? He's talented. Prayer should... Or prayer should aim to bring God's purpose in, in, into our life. Bring God's purpose to reality. What is the reason why you're praying? Are you praying for your purpose and your will and what you want? Or are you praying for God's purpose to be done in your life? What God wants to be done in your life? Sometimes people, you know, they say, well, I'll let you have access, but these are the stipulations. It has to be this way and that way and blah, 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 you know. And, you know, you start writing it down to God, just like you would do your, you know, your, your spouse or whatever. So I'll give you access, but you've got to do such and such and such, or you're cut off. Now, that's not the right way to be. But that happens sometimes. And that happens way with God. They say, well, God, I'll let you have my heart, but you have to do such and such and such and such, and you have to do it like this, and if you don't do it like that, it's over. People do God that way. Well, what are you praying? If you want to give God access through prayer, what's your thoughts about praying? Why are you praying? Are you praying amiss? Are you praying to heap upon your own lust? Are you praying to give your own desires? Or, or what, what's your purpose of praying? Do you want God to move in your life? Or, I mean, we need to pray through, through God's Spirit. In the inner man. You know, when you pray in the Spirit of God, you, you pray the perfect will of God. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, if I could ask you a question, why do we need power in the inner man? Why do you need power in the inner man? You know, aren't you tough enough as it is? Are you army strong or are you marine strong? Which one are you? Don't answer that. So many people, you know, you know, they, they're, they feel like they're strong enough. But I promise you, you're not as strong as you think you are. You need power on the inner There's many reasons why we need power in our inner man. We need power of their spirit because we face problems that are beyond our own power to resolve. How many, how many has tried to fix problems and they end up getting worse? Ever, you know, try to fix something? Oh, I think I can fix it. I, I think I can talk through this. I think I can do that. And you've realized that you just keep digging the hole deeper and you just keep getting in it. And finally, you're like, help me. I'm trying to dig my way out of this hole. And how does that work? If you try to dig your way out, you're just going down deeper. Sometimes you need a helping hand to pull you out of there. You're trying to fix things that you can't fix. You're trying to do things you can't fix. Jesus plainly stated this in John 15 and 5. says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Imagine that. 
if you're with God, you can do anything. You can grow. You can bear fruit. You can find your way through your, your situation. But without God, you can't do nothing. We are totally dependent upon God. Though so oftentimes we forget this. Is that right? So oftentimes we forget this in seasons of prayerlessness. <laughs> Has anybody ever had seasons of prayerlessness? If, you know what prayer does? It, 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 it allows you to, to understand your great desperate need to have God. Have you, ever, have you ever got done praying and felt like, good, I got all the need, I don't need God, you know, I'm good. No, every time you prayed, you realize, you know, I really need God more now than ever before. And you walk away and say, Lord, I need you, I need you. Lord, I need your help. But Lord, move in my life, move in this situation. You're, you're surrendering over the Lord. You're praying, you're seeking God, and, and you're giving it all to the Lord, and you're asking God for help. And, but in the middle, when you don't pray, things get forgot. So often people come to me and they're all messed up. You know, everything's going on. All this, I, and I said, well, have you prayed about it? Well, no. I, but have you prayed today? I used to have a sticker. I got it in Sunday school. I stuck it in the front of my, my old Bible. Uh, and I said, have you prayed today? And, and, and so often if you ask some church people, so have you prayed today? And they'll be like, <clears throat> well, no. I said, what in the world? I mean, sometimes I say it, sometimes I think it. So I'm like, really? I mean, I don't even know if I can even make it. You know, I, you know, I'm praying just to make it to the coffee pot in the morning. I pray all the way to work that nobody gets in my way. I pray all the way to the time clock, Lord. Oh, if you could just slow the time down just for a little while until I clock in, Lord Jesus. I, I know I'm trying to get better next time, but right now I need you right now, Lord, to step right in. And I, I make it in right on time. Oh, aren't you glad the Lord moves right on time? But you know what? Prayer don't, it doesn't need to be an event, but it needs to be something that you're always thinking about. You're always praying. You always got God on your heart. How can you ever go without praying? If you, if you really love the Lord, prayer is like who you are. You're praying the Lord. But now, Zechariah 4 and 6 reminds us this. That it's not by power, nor it's not... By might, nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. It's good to ponder today on this question. If, if God withdrew His spirit from you, how long would it take you to miss Him? Think about that. If God took His spirit away from you, could you make it all day without realizing He wasn't there? What dangerous thing would that be? What's the dangers of that? My mind goes back to, to Samson. He did not know that the spirit had left him when he shook himself. You know, he was You know, the power come on when he shook himself. But then one day, you know, he just shook himself and nothing happened. 
he realized he went down to Kevin's and they took a little bit too much off. I'm just kidding, brother. Looking good. I need to go go somewhere and get mine trimmed up. But you know what I'm saying. But you know, Samson didn't realize that it left. How long could you go until you until you missed the presence of God? Could you could you wait till Sunday? Without feeling God's presence, how long would you would it take for you not to know He was around? <laughs> it's so sad to think that somebody could could actually go without feeling God's presence. It would be like having a relationship or or marriage, and without feeling the touch of your of your spouse, or the or the. Or the hugs, or the or the kiss, good night, or good mornings, and and you know, and where I mean, how could you live without the touch of the Lord? And how long would it take you to rem- to remember or to miss Him if He withdrew His Spirit? I pray every day, God does not withdraw His Spirit from me. I've got to feel Him. You know what? If you if you ever go, you know, a day without feeling, you need to pray until you feel God. You know, sometimes I've heard people, I've heard people say, even preachers say, "Well, I don't feel God all the time. I go, I go sometimes two or three months without feeling God's spirit." I say, "You preach without feeling God's spirit? What's up with you? You pastor church and you saying you're telling me that you go? I've heard him saying on the pulpit, I've go, I went months without feeling God's spirit." I said, "Well, you better do something different." I feel him every day. Sometimes it's good, and sometimes he, he lines me out, pulls in my heart, convicts me, draws me. I want to feel God. It's different every time, you know. You don't have to. Some people uh, uh, associate feeling God by just, you know, if you don't do that, then you don't feel God. But sometimes God's gentle. His presence is so gentle, and He touches you. I feel God. I've been talking to people, so I really I feel God on this. Well, I wasn't speaking in tongues. I still felt God. Now sometimes I feel God. And I talk in tongues. I shake and I'll, I'll, and I roll on the floor. And I, I'm, I'm a true Pentecostal, of course, huh? I'd run the back of the pews if I if we had pews, and I don't want to have. I don't think I got enough faith to walk on the back of these chairs. But if I do, you know it's going to be God. Better hope so. <laughs> Better hope the Lord t- takes over these chairs and then I just hop across them. But I remember that Brother, Brother Robbie remembers walking in the back of the pews and shouting and preaching. It's not Now I believe all that, but I tell you what, you know, you can't just say that that's all the only way you feel God because you know, so often you can feel God and you can hear God and He's that still, small voice. It's that, that softness. We need the power of God in our lives to move in our side of our heart and our spirit because we never outgrow our need for His strength. Now, no one is a newborn babe in the family of God Right, and no, no, no one is. Let me back this up. No one 
I'm going to say this right. I, I'm going to say it backwards. I, I want to say this right. No one is born into the family of God as a mature adult or even a teenager. We start out as babes. Babes. Wah, wah, wah. That's why I got the new, the new convert wine. And you got to, to cry. And, 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 and all of that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. It's wonderful. We start out as babes. We, we know that babes are totally dependent upon their parents for everything. Spiritually, even when we grow into maturity, we never outgrow the need of God's power in the inner man. Now, as we grow physically, we grow out of our need of a bottle, being spoon-fed, and... and and all that, you know. But in our own spirit, we don't ever grow out of that. We don't ever grow out of the need of having God in our lives and having Him. You can't. You don't grow up out of it of having that that need for God. He He looks at your weakness and He wants to give you strength. God grants. Us strength to the weak and the inner parts of, our, of us. No matter how mature we are in knowing the Word of God, we still need God. We need God moving in our spirit because God changes our outward behavior when dealing with the inner, with the inner person. Why do you need God? Give God access to your heart? He changes your outward behaviors and what you do on the outside by changing you on the inside. I just can't believe they don't quit doing this, don't do this. Well, God can't do anything to the outside and your actions until you give Him access to the inside. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Brother Robin may have heard that song. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change in my life. There's a flashback from the 70s. There you go. You know what? You know, that's, uh, you know, they, 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 they knew that there was a need to have something changing them on the inside. That's why we need uh, God to have access to your heart and your mind. It's because the inner man needs strength. Paul emphasizes that the inward man, the inward man, the, the, the heart, the, the, the inward man symbolizes the heart of each of the individual. He uses this phrase in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 16. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but through the outward man, though the outward man decay, yet our inward man 
is being renewed day by day. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16. Let that sink in. 2 Corinthians 4. It says, second, hold on. 2 Corinthians 4 and 16. It says, which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, we, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. The inward man is renewed day by day. The outward man is going to perish. The outward man is going to faint. But if you give God access to the inward man, you can grow and be renewed day by day. This should be a good reminder to us that our days on earth are limited. We need to focus on the inward man. The hidden qualities of the heart. The inside of the heart. Now, Brother brother Travis preached a message about the heart. And I couldn't read preach his message. Maybe you can, you can, you can uh, listen to that online. It may still be on, uh, on, on the, the website or on ACAST or wherever. I don't even remember the title. That was, huh? I know a doctor. There you go. I know a doctor. I like that. And he was talking about the heart and heart surgery and all the things that happen and, and how the doctor can come into your heart. You know, we need to worry, focus on the inward side. If you get the inside of you working, the outside's going. You ever seen somebody look pale? Pale face? And look all, you know, yellow tin or whatever. You know something's wrong going on the on something going on, on the outside or the inside. What's going on, on the inside of them is what's causing them to look bad on the outside. We battle temptation. The all of these things we're faced, but the battle against temptation will never be won if the inward man does not get right and get strong Jesus pointed out that the outward sins that would ultimately come from our heart it comes from our heart one scripture says that from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh or what you what you do, that where your treasure is, brother, brother Dave quoted that today, there will your heart be also. Referring to the Pharisees um, in Mark chapter 7 and, and 21, 20, I ain't got time, or Mark 7, 21 through 23, I ain't got time to read it, but talking about the Pharisees and talking about all the methods and all the things that they went through. But God doesn't change, if God doesn't change the heart, you merely are learning to be a better hypocrite. That means my heart ain't really in it. But, you know, I'm learning how to be a better hypocrite. How many wants to be a hypocrite? Nobody. But if all you're doing is, is just putting on a show, you know, and, and 
It's just like if I was to put on a, a football jersey up here. And, you know, you know, I got my jersey on. Lord knows if I was to go out there and play football, I'd get killed. Because the underneath isn't up to shape. It doesn't matter if I put the jersey on, you know, if, if water boy comes at me, you know, I'd be like, what's going on? Sorry, I, that was too carnal. Forgive me. You, brother, brother, you can take me in the office after church. I'm just kidding. But you know what? It doesn't, you could dress it up. But unless you get the heart changed, you're just being a better hypocrite. You're just learning how to fake it till you make it. It ain't about that. As I'm closing, we all can stand. We need God to give us genuine change in our lives. Not just merely an improvement program. I don't want to just give you a list of, well, this is what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. We'll give you an improvement plan. Sometimes at work, when you get... uh, when you get messed up, you know, and you're about to lose your job, they put you on an improvement plan. Well, here, here's your rules. You go by these rules, and you do this for a year. And then, then you know, whatever. Sometimes people, you know, they, they treat church like, well, let's give me a list, Pastor, and, I, and I'll do it. And I'm going to give my daughter a list. I'm just kidding. But you know what? Sometimes people people want to just do things like that. There's not. We don't need an improvement plan. We need to give God our heart. And when we give God our heart, our heart is going to be after God's heart. David's heart was what he was a man after God's own heart. God didn't have to come down and tell David, "Well, you need to remember to pray. You remember to do this. You remember not. Don't be doing this. Don't be doing that. Don't be going here. Don't be listening to this. Don't be doing." No, David was like, "Oh no." Mm-mm. He wanted to please God. You know what? If people's heart really got changed, you know, you you wouldn't have to have your pastor just, you know, talk to you about all this stuff, whatever you're going through, because your heart would be changed. If your heart truly gets changed, it changes your your motives, it changes your attitudes. It changes your desires. For the the inward man changes by nothing less than the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't do it. I can't make you do it. I can preach it till I'm blue in the face, but I can't make you do nothing if your heart ain't in it. People say, well, that preacher, you know... You know, I can, you know, he just blah, 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 says whatever. I mean, I can preach to you plain and draw the line and says, this is what, thus saith the word of the Lord, this is what God wants to do, but unless you let God into your heart, you ain't going to do it. And if you do it without it in your heart, you're just, you know, a shined up, you know, um, hypocrite. We need God to change us. We need to give God access to make Jesus be at home in our hearts. In order for that to happen, we're going to have to pray more. We're going to have to read the Word more. We're going to have to fast more. We're going to have to, 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 to be 
everything God would desire us to have. We need God's power and the power of His Spirit to change the inward man. God is everywhere at the same time. All at one place. There's only one place that He won't go without an invitation. And that is your heart. He can be all around you. He can be on you. When they were filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, the Holy Ghost came and set upon each of them. The Holy Ghost was on them. But they were filled. It was on them, and then it was in them. I've seen people, and they're, they're just like, and they're shouting, and the power of God is all over them. You can say, well, the power of God's all over you. But it's on them, but it ain't in them. You feel the Spirit. I feel the Spirit all over me. It's in my hands, in my soul, down in my feet. We sing that song, you know, I feel it all over me. And, you, and everybody does the work turn. I feel it in my hands, my heart, my feet, and all that stuff. But it's more than just, just an outward feeling. It's to be filled. When, you're, when they were filled with the Holy Ghost... And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. There's a difference between on and in. People say, well, I felt the Spirit. I must be saved. Just feeling God's Spirit doesn't mean He's in you. An old drunk, he feels the Spirit down at the bar because it draws him in. But when he allows God in his heart, he's truly going to come out. And he's truly going to get deliverance. He's truly going to serve the Lord. We need to give God that invitation, that access to come into our inner parts, into our hearts, and, and to make him home to live inside of each and every one of us. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray today that everyone under the sound of my voice would allow you access into their lives, into their homes, into their jobs, into everything they're doing. God, that you would allow them access, or that they would allow uh, uh, um, them, that they would allow you access into their hearts, God, because you, you said and you promised us that you would give us access to the things that you, you have for us, and you would, you would grant us uh, according to the riches of glory, the, uh, to the strength. Uh, and, 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 and the power of your spirit to strengthen the inner man. Oh, God, I pray today, God, that you would help us, Lord Jesus, to be everything you would have us to be, to do the things you want us to, to do. But in order for that to happen, God, I know that we must first give you access. God, in the name of Jesus, I know you've granted us access to, bo to, to come boldly with confidence to you. Lord, I want to grant you access to come into my heart to do whatever you want, to rearrange whatever needs to be done. Change the furniture around. Make it how you want it to be. Make yourself at home in my heart, in my life. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray today for everyone in this church. And as we depart from this place, I know, God, that you're moving. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let's clap our hands to the Lord.